Welcome to Bloody Marys, our queer horror movie podcast. This episode we're talking about Orphan. I'm the ghost of troubled Joe, hung by his pretty white neck some 18 <laughs> months ago, Sean. Okay. <laughs> I'm a lesbian vampire, come for your boobies and your blood, Alex. <laughs> We are two queer horror nerds uh, living together in Hackney. Our pronouns are they, them. And we're now on Instagram, so you can follow us at Bloody Mary's Podcast. And that's Mary's with a Z. Mm. Uh, some content uh, notes for this episode. We will be talking about violence uh, and sex. Uh, and there's also some kind of uh, background that's child abuse related and incesty. Um, and of course, lots of spoilers. This is a very twisty film. Twisty uh, so spoils. discretion throughout is advised. <laughs> um, so Orphan uh, was released in North America in July. Is it not the Orphan? No, it's just Orphan. Is it? Yeah. Um, it was released in North America in July 2009 and August 2009 uh, in the UK. Uh, and it was released only a few months later, actually, um, on DVD. Um, the budget of the film um, was... Did it, was it in cinema? It was in cinema, but it looks like only for a few months. Um, uh, the budget of the film was uh, 20 million, and it made uh, 78.8 million um, in the box office. I don't really call it box office. It's just like general earnings, isn't it, afterwards? Anyway, um, weirdly, the film was shipped to cinemas under a code name, uh, which was Infant Terror. Um, might as well start with the main controversy um, around the film which is kind of obvious it's about uh, the idea of an evil adoptee Um, uh, often received numerous complaints uh, once released uh, from adoption agencies uh, Eastern European adoptees uh, foster care uh, organisations for its portrayal of a Russian child being violent and psychopathic Mm. um in the con- Specifically an adopted Russian child. Yeah, yeah, so um, in context, both Canada and the US, after the fall of the Soviet Union, had seen an influx in families adopting children from former Soviet countries. Uh, many orphanages in the former Soviet Union after the collapse were underfunded and understaffed. Thus, a child uh, f- uh, for a child to be adopted by a loving family was a wonderful opportunity. And uh, the film uh, often was obviously criticised because it's problematic in terms of saying you shouldn't do it. Mm. Um, Melissa Green of the Daily Beast. Uh, Not <laughs> Melissa know. Green of the Daily Beast. She loves the Beast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, the movie often comes directly from this unexamined place in popular culture. As the shadowy past includes Eastern Europe, she appears normal and sweet, but quickly turns violent and cruel towards her mother. These are cliches. This is the baggage with which uh, we saddle abandoned, orphaned, or disabled children, given a fresh start at a family life. Um, so with all of that criticism, they then added a pro-adoption message to the beginning of the DVD <laughs> to try and counteract it, advising viewers to consider adoption <laughs> at the beginning of the video. And like, now, here's a feature this. film. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the, the lines actually was changed in the trailer, but it ends up in the film anyway. It's like Esther saying, it must be difficult to ad- love an adopted child as much as your own. Um, and uh, they changed it. Thank you. 
you. Uh, to, I don't think mommy likes me very much. <laughs> because I'm adopted. <laughs> um, the film was also criticized as playing on the killer dwarf trope. Um, a recurring type of villain, apparently, in horror films like Don't Look Now and Horror Hospital, to name two. I, I Don't can't... Look Now is the only one I would have been able to think of. The fact that they call it a trope must mean that it's a thing, but I can't think of other ones. Um, Anyway, it must be. Mm-hmm. No, um, I don't know that. Uh, both Peter Skarsgård and uh, Vera Farmiga, um, who are the mum and dad, said they took the role since the twist was so shocking and amazing. Um, but it's actually rumoured that because Leonardo DiCaprio, weirdly, was one of the producers on the film, that he uh, pressured them into taking part in the movie. Mm. <laughs> um, but that's just a rumour. I don't know much about Peter Skarsgård. I recognise him, and yeah, I, he's I definitely been in, like, other things, but he's so unremarkable, like, looking. Yeah, he's very, of... um, it's very soft-spoken. Yeah, it's, yeah, um, it's cutesy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Vera Farmiga, um, obviously we're familiar with her. Isn't from... it Farmiga? It could be, or mm-hmm. it could be Farmiga. <laughs> <laughs> Um, has obviously made a career of demon child movies, um, Orphan, one called Joshua, which I hadn't heard of, uh, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle Comes Home. Bates Motel. Yes, is one of them, and The Nun, uh, they all have demonic or homicidal children. The Nun? Is she the nun? Yeah, because she's, um, she plays, what's her face, um, the one that you look like at the moment with your hair. <laughs> oh, of course, Lorraine Warren. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know who she's got a similar vibe to in terms of, like, where she's found her niche? And her nephew. <laughs> no, you know, um... Nephew. I can't remember the actress's name, but she is in, uh... Is it... It's not The Conjuring, where she ends up on the chair in the basement with a sheet over her. It's the same um, person. It's not the same person because she's she, in The Conjuring. Well, I think it's in one of those films, but it's the one who uh, who plays Lisa in Six Feet Under. She's got quite like a, a morose sadness about her all the time, and she's right. kind of like, but she's she's in a, in the it's definitely not the same person. But I can't remember her name. Huh. I mean, maybe we should have done a bit of research for this. Well, I've done research. You're taking it on weird tangents. <laughs> Uh, is she not also similar to someone I don't know anything about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, in terms of the other people in it, um, Ariana Engineer, who plays Max, um, is yeah, in real life, um, as you may have seen, actually deaf and uh, has cochlear implants in real life. Um, but yeah, in the film also plays deaf, which is good representation. How- uh, do you know how old she was in the film? Uh, uh, very young. <laughs> this is um, my research. <laughs> um, she is adorable. She is she's the cutest so cutie pie. She has like the biggest eyes. She's the cutie. Yeah, she's a good actress as well. She is. She's better than the boy who's a little bit. Yeah, the boy's a bit stilted. stiff. Um, but yeah. Um, some little bits about, um, Esther that are in the film. Um, she's adopted from, it's just like a side trivia, um, St. Maria's Home for Girls, um, in the Catholic faith, uh, St. I think it's Mariana or something, um, of Quito is, um, the patron saint for those who have been rejected by religious orders and those who have lost both parents. Mm. Um, and according to the, the Estonian Mental Institution, 
that we found as you saw, she's actually born on April 20th, which is the birthday of Hitler. Yeah. Um, and three days after mine, nearly Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, she is, cause I, so I looked this up, because I was like, I couldn't tell if her Russian accent was really bad or not, but her mum is Russian. Or is know. like, uh, or maybe she's like, she her, one of her parents. I don't know. She, there is a Russian connection there. Oh, okay, um, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to judge an authentic Russian accent. No, neither would I. And I also don't know <laughs> if I'd be able to judge like a twelve-year-old doing a bad <laughs> accent. It's probably fine for what it is. Um, so there's loads of wild stuff that didn't make it into the final film. I think all of it's quite interesting, so I thought I'd run through some of the mm-hmm. things. Um, apparently they planned to have their film set in autumn, but it snowed so much on set that they meant they had to change it to winter. But that meant they had to drop, which sounds like would have been an iconic scene, which is like a Halloween carnival at Daniel Lester's school, which I think would have been just like I- iconic and sadly missing. Well, that's interesting, because then they must have had to write in the bit about the frozen lake. Oh, yeah, good point. Well, I mean, it's fall, so I guess... Well, I don't know. It wouldn't have frozen. No. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Um, so, also, Kate and John, um, when they, they originally go to the orphanage... Who's Kate and John? That's the mum and the dad. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Our pals. <laughs> um, um, so, they originally meet another child called Yolanda at the orphanage who they plan to adopt. Uh, they uh, subsequently meet Esther, I think, even on the same day, and they both think she's pretty cool. Um, but they already have plans, lol. Um, so, um, so they they plan to come out the next day to pick up Yolanda. And um, dead. Well, yeah, Esther finds out they put the, <laughs> they're planning to adopt adopt Yolanda, and then she's found hanging in a closet. Um, by her neck. Um, wow. So, yeah, that's pretty bleak. I'm like, glad they didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I, but also, I wonder if some of these edits were just because it's already a long film for like a, yeah. like a non, like, arty film. <laughs> like, yeah. for kind of like a mainstream film. It's two hours for horror is quite long. Yeah. Um, the seduction scene, um, apparently was meant to be a lot longer and more sexually graphic, mm. which I'm so glad didn't happen. It's already like awful enough. Especially because the actress is also a minor. Yeah. Like I had, uh, I'd seen it before this, but I, in my mind, I was like, oh, she must be like 19 or something, but just very small, but she's actually like 12. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of the content and dialogue was cut, but I'm just so glad. I can't really imagine how they could have made that more. I, and also, would it have been necessary? Like, we got what we needed from that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, in an earlier draft of the script, Esther does not stab John to death. Um, instead, as he discovers the black light paintings in her room, she jumps out from a pile of stuffed animals on her bed, which sounds iconic, um, and stabs him in the eye with a pair of scissors, pushes him down the stairs, breaks his leg, and strangles him with a jump rope. <laughs> so it seems a bit much. <laughs> Maybe Just one of the three. <laughs> um, apparently, this year in February, uh, they announced that they were developing a prequel film, just titled Esther, um, with some of the people who made Conjuring and The Boy. Um, uh, production was going to start this summer, but obviously, I'd imagine that hasn't happened. Um, so it's it's a prequel. Yes. Um, so this is uh, where, like, I think the backstory, which was cut, which, I mean, like, yeah, you're right. It was already way too long. I don't know how they would have fit this in. It's really, really dark as well. And it's kind of like, 
It makes you like almost a bit too sympathetic, and she needs to kind of be like a monster that you don't really know anything about her backstory. And I think it's like I was thinking actually, she is quite a one-dimensional character. Yes, yeah, because yeah. Uh, from the because vo- normally with films, like, I'm thinking about something like The Bad Seed, and you're just like, is she evil or <laughs> is she not? And like for, you know, like normally yeah. with the evil child, there's an element where it's just like, is this just a misunderstood child? Or, <laughs> but with this, from the start, it's just like there's a misunderstanding. <laughs> it's like from the beginning, it's like okay, so Esther's a dick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I mean, this does flesh out her story, but in a way that I like. I don't, I don't, the idea of a prequel feature in this backstory is too much. So anyway, I'll, I'll just get into it. It's pretty dark, so I warn it. Um, so apparently it's that, um, Esther, like, repeatedly, like, rapes her as, like, a tiny child. She rapes who? No, the dad, father, oh. rapes her as a tiny child, and it ends up making her infertile. Um, and then he takes a new lover and he jokes that she'll never be a real woman. Um, because the infertility is also something to do with her, like, hormone, hormone stuff. So, um, like, jokes that she'll never be able to grow up or have children. Um, so she murders them both. Um, when she, she's found, she's institutionalized, um, and then escapes and becomes a sex worker. Um, then she gets caught by the police and at that point pretends to be a child again to avoid prison, <laughs> and ends up at the orphanage, which is how she ends up, like, in the orphanage system. So, I mean, they can't make that into a film. That's too bleak, like, too, too bleak. dark for a horror. I mean, like, even for a horror, you don't really get that kind of, like, that's more of a, like, a disturbing indie film. <laughs> but also, like... that that contradicts the backstory in the film, though. Because in the backstory in the film, prior to her being at that uh, orphanage. She was at a previous one that she burnt down. No, she burnt, she burns down a family home that for one of the people she gets adopted by, and then yeah. goes back to the same. I think she was in a different orphanage though, wasn't she? No, no, no. What the story is that she gets adopted in uh, is it Romania or Russia? I can't remember. But um, that she comes over here, and when she can't seduce the father, she then burns down the family home, killing them all. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, it does sort of fit, but. Um, the institutionalized period, I guess, like, and the sex work and then, yeah, I don't know. That happened in Russia then? Yeah. Um, mm. but yeah, so. so. I mean, it's a bit muddy, isn't it? <clears throat> it's a bit, it's a bit too much. Like, it's yeah. too, it's too, like, like, drama porn almost, like, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um. Drama porn. <laughs> drama porn. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's all of my interesting facts. That's uh, harrowing, interesting facts. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, so much, like, that they put into, like, the mythology around her and the backstory. I just don't really, like, it's kind of interesting. I don't, I don't, you don't really see that much kind of, like, development going into many horror films. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised. I, also, I mean, I'm sure you probably do. We just, it probably never is intended to be part of the story, but, um, the, yeah, I just feel like the, uh, there's a time and a place for making a character kind of more sympathetic. And I'm not sure she needs to be more sympathetic because she, I mean, it, it, I don't know, not, not to that extent. Cause you don't want to be like, oh yes, I mean, she is killing all these people and she is trying to assault this man sexually, yeah. but, but she was raped. Like yeah. it's too dark. It's way too yeah, dark. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, and also like it kind of takes away from the campy energy that's sort of hidden all the way yeah. through. Like hidden. her being <laughs> hidden. Um, hidden it's in really, yeah, it's really, really obscure. <laughs> Campily. Um, but yeah, no, like, yeah, just like her being such a kind of like two dimensional villain is just like, mm. we're just ruining it. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah. 
So we commence the film in some kind of a dreamlike state where everything's a bit blurry and she's um, the mum is being taken into a hospital oh, yeah. and she's in labour and um, and it's like, yeah, it's sort of strange. Everybody knows what's going on and why it's all so blurry, but it becomes apparent that it's a nightmare. Um, but um, she's basically taken to... Um, surgery, like immediately, and on the way there, like while she's being like taken there, like her wheelchair's like had like a trail of blood running behind it, which is quite gruesome. Um, and sorry to cut you off when you go just on, started, please. but yeah, so when this film finished, I said that I thought it could be trimmed down a bit and be a bit neater. Hmm. This whole beginning bit didn't need to be there. We could have I had agree, it starting with because it, it it's essentially backstory. Like it, it's we need to know that she's lost a baby. And it's alluded to later the trauma that she had with the bit where Estelle, what's her name? <laughs> Estelle, uh, Esther, Esther is uh, reading from her di- or remembering bits from her diary. I think I think it basically plays out like a real like like extra kind of hit of horror right from the beginning because like what happens is so disturbing. She's like really screaming and like the woman's like. I'm sorry for your loss, but she's like, oh, I can still feel it moving. It's like um, terrible loss. <laughs> yes, terrible loss. And then like the husband's like filming and it's just like, yeah. And then she gets handed this kind of like bloody, awful baby that's all wrapped up but like drenched in blood, mm. essentially. I wonder if aside from the kind of like schlock and shock of it, it's schlock and shock. It's part of it is to kind of plant the seeds of distrust between her and her husband because she's just like, where is he? And then yeah. next thing you know, he's at the bottom of the bed with a camera. Yeah. Um, and playing the doctor? Yes, weirdly. This, uh, yeah, I only knew about that because I read it, though. Like, you couldn't really recognise him. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, so it cuts to her in therapy. And um, she alludes to the fact that she was an alcoholic. Um, and, uh, talks about the nightmare and how, like, it, like, that she's, like, maybe not ready for the adoption. And, uh, what's her face? Dr. Browning. Browning. Um, says that, like, she's obviously passed all the paperwork, so she must be fine. <laughs> Which is reassuring. <laughs> nice and robust. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then cuts to her picking up her cutie little daughter from school. Um, and then. She's called Max. Yes, Max. Um, Which is also the name of my cat. This, I didn't. That didn't come up in my research. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, they go home and they meet like uh, Daniel, the son, and um, and the husband, and they all seem very happy and jolly. Um, next day, uh, oh no, that evening. Um, like the husband's trying to be all sexy with her, and she's just like, "No, I don't want it." Um, and she's, cause she's still sad. Mm. Um, and he's like, okay, I get it. Um, and then. <coughs> Which seems fair. Yeah. She's been through some trauma. Yes. Um, trauma. And, um, so they go to the orphanage, um, as planned. Um, and they, they don't, they don't just say, Go and have a little wander around, which seems a little yeah, bit unstructured. Yeah, my, my uh, safeguarding <laughs> alarms were going off at that point. <laughs> Just have a little look around. Might as well. Um, we're, we're we're quite tolerant of uh, <laughs> deviance in the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, and um, so that's that's when we get introduced to Sister Judith. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, so the husband goes to the toilet, weirdly, and then, like, comes out and, uh, hears some beautiful singing. Um, <laughs> and has, has wandered down the corridor and looks in the little room and... He doesn't just wander down the corridor, he goes upstairs I to know. follow this haunting oh, singing. It's the exact opposite I would do. <laughs> um, it's just like everyone's downstairs having a lovely time, but... What's that haunting singing from coming upstairs? <laughs> Someone cute, I bet. Um, I bet a potential child for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then he goes upstairs, peeps through a door, there's a little girl with a ring lids, uh, pl- like, painting a picture. Uh, he then, like, goes to walk away, which is weird, and she's like, Hello! <laughs> Come play with me! She doesn't say that. Um, but, um, yeah, he ends up going in there and chatting with her, and she's just, like, very, like, sort of... Um, What's the word? Like, just charming and very kind of, like, eloquent. and But also talking. manipulative. Yeah. Because totally. she's like, and the lion cub doesn't have a... It, it doesn't know where its mummy is, and it won't be happy until... It, oh, now it's found it. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then the mum comes then with uh, Sister Judith, and they... they you all... say she's called Sister Abigail? Oh, yeah. But I, I, the other one's called Sister Judith, the lesser one. <laughs> uh-huh. of, um, that's right, Sister Abigail. Um, so, yes. Also, um, Sister Judy Judith is on American Horror Story Asylum. Judy, booty, bo booty, oh, banana, fana, fo foodie. Me, mama, me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they, they meet her, and they're all having a lovely chat, and they're like, oh, aren't you smart and lovely? Um, it's all, all coming together nicely. Well, what a dream. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, the nun looks, like, a little bit concerned, like, a little flash of concern runs over her face, but then she just, like, hides it. It's like, oh, yes, this is Which lovely. is interesting, because it turns out later that she doesn't really have any knowledge. Well, no, but she does, like she, she does maybe talk just about this, how, like, that she's, she's always in the middle of dramas and, like, trouble and people being hurt and stuff. But I feel like when that comes up later, it, that's she's only just found out about that. Yeah. Anyway, maybe, maybe she, she just, just thinks sense. she's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just think she's really annoying, to be honest. Yeah. With her stupid songs and her stupid <laughs> hair and her stupid paintings. Um, oh yeah, this is where she. The um, Esther goes. Nobody talked to me before. I'm a bit different. Um, oh. It's like, yeah, you are. Um, so. <laughs> About 25 years different. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then uh, they have a little chat with the nun. And uh, she's like, oh, she's just lovely. Um, the only difficult thing is if you try and take off her little uh, neck uh, so like not right, just like, like a ribbon. She's got like thing. a ribbon round her wrist yeah. and her neck. Yeah. She's like, don't take those off. She'll go mental. She also, sorry to segue once oh, again, yes, but do you know? Um, do you know that like old kids story where about the girl who wears a ribbon around her neck every day and oh, never she takes, takes it off? It falls. Her head falls. Off, yeah, and she. There? It's not until her wedding day that she takes it off and her head falls off. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know, but they just don't write them like they used to, <laughs> do they? <laughs> Kept me guessing right, and... <laughs> um, so she goes to that last story. She also says that the family that uh, emigrated to America with her all died in a fire, and she was the only one to survive. Um, so, so yeah, then um, they come back together, I guess, the next day, but they say it's like three weeks or something. Um, and, um, and the nun says goodbye with her fingers crossed behind her back. So, yeah, she must have a... A sense that she's a nasty But I see, I think it's more to do with the fact that she's like an outsider and a weirdo and, and a, a, a different and that sort of a thing. A different. A different. 
Um, so then she gets home and she's like welcomed by everyone and they'll love her and then there's a funny scene where she's getting loads of presents and Daniel is across the room like trying to beckon the dad and he's like yeah 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 whatever and um, and then like Esther like hugs the dad and is like looking at Daniel like mm, <laughs> with a big smug smile mm, I love daddy mm, <laughs> and it seems like daddy loves me not you <laughs> um uh, yeah, and then on the first night she's staying there, she she's like awake in bed, like listening, and I think she hears them starting to have sex, and so basically like there's a storm as well, but she wakes up Max and then like interrupts her sex on purpose and says, "I'd like to come in bed and sleep next to Daddy." Yeah, um, it's really, and he just like kind of slightly rearranges his erection and then lets ugh. her get in with him. It's a bit. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so yeah, then it, uh, she goes to, <laughs> she comes down dressed for school, but she's wearing this like hilarious, like, I love it. Victorian gown or something. <laughs> and they're like, the kids like, oh. <laughs> oh, I love uh, Max's face when she looks when she sees a dress. She does yeah. like a little smirk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the mom's like, "Ah, uh, did you try the jeans I got you?" And then she's just like, "Look, mummy, you said different was fine, and I want to be different." Um, so she's like, "Okay, can't so argue I'm, with I'm, that logic." <laughs> I did mean different within uh, parameters that I've approved of. Them. Yes, um, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> you're, you're Victorian drag garb. Um, you're making a mockery of <laughs> But yeah, she goes off to school, um, and um, she gets introduced to the class, and there's <laughs> this little bitch girl. She goes, "Little Bo Peep text." She says she wants her outfit back. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, like a sort of uh, a, a digital age <laughs> little bow with, with a smartphone, maybe. Um, so yeah, so then um, yeah, so that they have a horrible day at school, um, and then it cuts to Daniel uh, outside in the snow, shooting with paintballs at like various targets. Um, he sees a little pidgey lands, mm. and he's like, oh, shall I shoot it? I'm going to paint that pitch. <laughs> uh, but he does it, but he doesn't think about the consequences. No. Because when he does, it just hits the ground, and it's very unwell. Mm. Um, and he goes up, and he's like, oh, I didn't mean to. Um, it has shades of Bart Simpson shooting a bird. 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 Bird yes. Simpson. <laughs> um, and, um, and Esther just stomps up with Max and goes like, well, it's going to start to death, and this is your fault, and it's in misery, so you have to kill it. And he's like, no, I can't do it. And she's like, okay, I'll do it, and just squishes it. Mm. And then she goes, it's in heaven now, and points up to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the bird, like, it literally explodes everywhere. It's kind of incredible. <laughs> um, so next up, she's having a lovely little bath, um, and she locks the door, and... Uh, like, the mum's like, um, excuse me, we don't lock doors in this house. <laughs> <laughs> it was like your mum voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we don't, we don't lock doors in this house. You could be the one I'm not saying about. No, say, no, say. Um, and that's just like, oh, mummy, please. Um, that's not really her voice. Um, I'm going silly. Um, <laughs> I'm quite serious. Um, and, um, she's like, I'll sing, um, so that you know I'm okay. 
Um, so while she's singing, the mom goes into Esther's room to put away some laundry and uh, finds an old book behind one of the drawers and she tries to close it and it won't close. And um, she starts to look in it and then like... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you didn't know that at that point. Spoiler. God. Uh... You do. It's like, the first thing you see is a big cross on the front. Could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also, a book is it, is with a cross a, on is could it be a Is it supposed to look like it's survived a fire? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's all black, basically. Just mm. bit, uh, It could be just a black uh, cross book. <laughs> it's actually just a gr- uh, black crossword puzzle, um, <laughs> uh, and um, and like she like a, a photo kind of like comes out a little bit of this kind of like older man, and she like just weirdly just like tucks it back in and puts it back. I guess she's like, I'll respect your privacy. Um, which is kind of, yeah. Like, I'll respect your privacy, little nine-year-old stranger in my house. Yeah, there also has like a picture of an old man in your book. Who's that? <laughs> um, so, um, so yes, so then, uh, flashback to school and she's carrying a little Bible book and, um, it gets slapped out of her hand and while she's on the ground, um, picking up all the Bible bits. Um, the, uh, like, one, the little bully girl comes up and says, like, Is that your dog collar? Woof, woof, or something, and tries to touch her. And she, like, screams, like, mad, and, like, um, yeah. And, it's and Daniel's friends are just like, Your sister's weird. And yeah. Like, She's not my sister. Yeah. Um, so, um, cut to the parents are in the kitchen. Um, and they're get weirdly getting all frisky for no reason. Mm. Um, it's just like they start like being like, oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's again, my safeguarding sense. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it's really gross. They just like start like pulling each other and like flirting this way like they're like drunk or something. It's just like, and um, so they're like giggling and like, no, stop it. Anyone could see. <laughs> and by anyone, I mean one of our three children. <laughs> yes. One of whom's only recently been entrusted into our care. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, they do it. Yeah. Like she, uh, he flips her over the counter and does it from the behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. Um, you made it sound so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Flipped her like a griddle cake. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> put the sausage in. Um, yes, yes. And, uh, for the mayonnaise. <laughs> Disgusting. Anyway, so um, so then like they're they're doing it and they're loving it and look over and there's like a gla- there's loads of glass doors everywhere in that house yeah, and little glass a, windows. I, I mean, I feel like this is just a prime example of how. I could count on one hand the amount of nice-looking houses I've seen in American films. <laughs> um, and this is a particularly egregiously unpleasant-looking house. They even it's have just like, all, like, wood and glass and mirrors. Yeah, and they have, like, windows into, like, different rooms, rooms like, yeah. upstairs and stuff. It's strange. Yeah, it looks like the Crystal Maze or something. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's disgusting. Anyway, so Esther sees, um, and she looks like some kind of ghostly, kind of, like, Victorian child or pallor with, like, a white yeah. net dressing gown. And she storms off. <laughs> Um, and they see that she's seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, ugh, face. Um, so then, uh, next day, the mum tries to talk to her about it. It's like, when mummies and daddies love each other. And then she goes, I know, they fuck. <laughs> That's a good one. She's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Gooped>. <laughs> 
Um, and then she starts to talk about it, and the dad's like, oh, she knows the swear word, whatever. I'm just like, no, but the way she said it. Um, yeah, she doesn't just know the word, she knows what it means. Yeah. Um, yeah, so cut to, uh, she's at the playground now with daddy. Um, some, some weird slutty mum comes up with a wabs out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the middle of winter and it's snowing, but she's got her tits hanging out. Uh, it's iconic yeah. behaviour, if you yeah, ask me. Like, she had to help me move some furniture. Um, <laughs> is, is that what we're calling these, these days? <laughs> up my stairs. <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, up my lady stairs. <laughs> Into my lady attic. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> Dusty lady attic. Anyway. Um, so, um, so weirdly he then starts, he just goes off and starts smoking, which I find kind of inappropriate for a playground. But anyway. It is, but I fit so, because I'm not sure if we found this out at this point but he's had an affair at some point yes and it's obvious that he is struggling with not cheating as much as the wife is struggling with not drinking because he he's playing along and flirting and, and then he's just she's just be like she she's like oh i'd love to have you around to uh and uh, Esther is listening to all this and, Esther and then loves the drama. She, she's <laughs> with popcorn and, um, and he's like yeah, sure. Uh, me and Kate could come over sometime. And he obviously has to kind of like, and I think his, the cigarette is just like him being like, oh, I resisted that temptation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, um, while he's off smoking, um, <laughs> Esther has spotted the bully from school and is glaring at her. And then you see the bully kind of just like poking her head out, looking at her like all the way through the playroom, like, <laughs> and then uh, suddenly Esther's not on the swing anymore, and she, then the little girl's like, "This is the first, oh the first rule of bullying: God. don't, don't bully the little Victorian schoolgirl uh, with skin as white as snow, <laughs> because she will put you down and try and kill you." <laughs> and so mate, I love this bit because it's just like she's like poking around what would be like a really innocent little playground for, but it becomes this kind of like horrifying death maze. Um, <laughs> like she's like, like oh. And then she gets, like, the slide still looking around, and that's just like, yoink, and, like, pushes her up, and <laughs> she breaks her leg. And I'm just like, well, good, because yeah, you were a horrible she, cunt. she did deserve that in part. <laughs> well, yeah. If not wholly. Yeah. <laughs> and Max sees. Oh, yes, Max sees. Um, uh, but, yeah. Um, uh, and then they're at the dinner table that evening. Yes. And we find out that the bully has broken an ankle and has some abdominal injuries and has had some stitches. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, no, the abdominal injuries is done. No, I was going to say, I think the abdominal Yeah. Um, but either way, done herself an ouchie. Yeah. And uh, you can tell that uh, Kate is suspicious at this stage because she's just like, they say that you pushed her. And she's like, no, she slipped. And they ask Max. And Max... Because I I like this bit where Max kind of looks across and is just like, and then signs she slipped. Yeah. Are we to assume that she hasn't been briefed by Esther to stick up no, for her? No, I point? think it's just that she loves her new sister and wants mm. to support her, and it's just like a kind of little cute moment. Yeah, um, yeah, the beginning of a terrible idea though yes. to come before her. Um, <laughs> That's a precedent you wish you hadn't set. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, 
Stenung, uh, what's the name again? Sister Abigail. Abigail. Yes. Calls for a checkup and to see about the dental records. Uh, lol. Um, and, um, the Why physical... wouldn't they already have had the dental records in the orphanage? That is a true point. A true point. That is the, var- the, the varied point. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, who knows? Um, so, um, yeah, so then she's just like, oh, um, like, is there anything okay? Everything okay? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, accept actually, all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh. So she's on the grocery. She's in the grocery store when she gets this phone call. Oh yes. And she goes and hides around the corner. And the kind of uh, so she she makes uh, Esther go and take uh, go for some apples so that she can speak yeah. handedly to the sister. Um, and uh, the uh, Esther uses her newfound. Allegiance with Max to yeah. get her to lip read. lip read from afar, so that she can. And they talk about she's called Brenda, isn't she? The little girl that she pushed off the thing. Yes. Um. They talk about that. Uh. So she's she she's aware now that this news is traveling. Yes, it is traveling. Um. So she's like, oh, okay. Well, let me look into that. That doesn't sound normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, next thing we know, she's popped around to for a visit, and Esther answers the door. She's like, "Ugh, what are you doing here?" Um, Where doesn't she ring back and say, "When do we find out that she?" She. This is when she's here in this visit. She starts talking about because Esther's in the other room about the boy who fell over with the scissors. Yes, all that yeah. stuff she's talking about. So she's like, "Oh, I found out all these awful things about her actually." <laughs> Um, where she wasn't directly linked to it, but she was always in the vicinity of. Yeah, and the dad sort of spoke me like, ah, it doesn't sound like it's anything to do with her. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's like, it is, she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then um, the nun's like, oh, let me look further into this and get back to you. Um, but for now, I'm leaving. Uh, probably nothing will happen to me. Oh. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and she also says that she couldn't get in touch with the... The orphanage. The orphanage, but we'll try again. Yes. Um, so she leaves. Um, and uh, in the meantime, um, Esther gets Max to try and find the keys to the treehouse. And they then run to the... Oh, go on. Because... Daniel has been banned from going in. What had he done? He got into trouble. Uh, and how oh, didn't key... he? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's like generally antagonistic to her at the dinner table and then. Oh, so she's from Transylvania. That's kind of funny. Yeah, and calls her <laughs> the R word and a freak. Yeah. Um, and the dad, kind of as punishment, yes. takes away the key. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so it's locked up as she gets Max to find the key. They then run down to the bridge, which is kind of, I don't know, it seems a little bit far-fetched, but whatever. They could beat a car yeah. like, down to a bridge, but um, whatever. Um, and then uh, Esther pushes Max into the road to try and get the nun to, to swerve, which she does, but she doesn't kill her. Um, she gets out and runs out to Max and is like, oh my god, are you okay? Um, meanwhile, Esther looms up with a hammer and uh, bludgeons her quite brutally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, she's then, they, they're like, 
Max and like she's like, you better help me hide the body, or you're going to get in trouble with the police as well. And she dra- they drag her off the road, um, and push her down the hill, <laughs> um, and then she's, she's still, still alive. alive. And so she's trying to like crawl away more, and she gets even more bludgeoned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, it's pretty and brutal. Max looks on all traumatized. <clears throat> it's interesting thinking about how um, <clears throat> you know, like in slasher films, uh, it's always the uh, the, the gay and the black person to go first. Mm. <laughs> in there, in lots of horror films, there are very, very dispensable figures from the Catholic Church, mm. like thinking about um, that still play quite a crucial part in it. But uh, first to go, I'm thinking of the Omen, the priest who gets the spear through mm. his head, and I'm thinking about uh, what's the other one, the exorcism of Emily Rose, the priest who uh, who has more inside information, who's helping the lawyer. He gets hit by a car or something. Yeah. Um, and the nun. And, Sister and, uh, Abigail. and now the nun. And now even nun. So yeah. Uh, um, don't be a Catholic priest or nun in a no, horror film. No. Unless it's the nun. In which case, <laughs> uh, you will probably be fine if you are the nun. The actual nun. <laughs> um, so yeah, then they go, they, they take the hammer and, um, Esther's bloody dress and, uh, miraculously she has a change of outfit. That's the bit mm. name she grabbed it on the way. Um, and she takes Max up to the treehouse and is like, you can't tell anyone about what's happened because otherwise you're going to go to prison and you'll never see your parents again. Um, and, um, so she then hides the, the bag with the bloody, uh, a hammer and dress and gloves, um, under the floorboards of the treehouse. Um, so, um, as they're leaving the treehouse, the brother spots, um, them, like, uh, leaving it, and there's a really funny bit where he's, like, looking at her, and she, like, just her head spins around, like a kind of scary <laughs> owl, um, and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, ah! um, and, um, he doesn't think he's been seen, but then that night... She she appears to hit, hit him in a dream, no, in real life. <laughs> she um, rouses him with a blade to his neck. Yes, um, and it's like, what did you see? Tell me everything. Um, and um, he's like, I didn't see anything. I just saw you in the dream. And um, she's like, if you say anything, I'll cut you. And then she says, like, and then she pulls it down to like his the penis area and says, I'll cut your little hairless little prick off before you even know what it's for. Did she say that? Yeah. I completely missed that bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, then they take her to the... Ther- uh, yeah, Esther goes to the therapist, who's the mum's therapist, uh, Dr. Browning. Um, and um, He really, really looks like the like butch coach from Glee. Oh, I don't think she's that extreme. Anyway, who do you mean? You mean not not Sylvester? Ah, <clears throat> uh, there's uh, Beast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Is she called Beast? Well, it's like pronounced differently, but they all call her Coach Beast, and then oh. Glee she ends up owning it. Um, Glee. She ends up owning it. Owning Beast as a name. Oh, I think I meant she ends up owning Glee. Anyway, I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't a big fan, and don't know the details, nor do I need to. No, so. I don't want to ever <laughs> think about Glee ever again. Thank you. Um, so. Um, 
Yeah, so then, like, she goes out of the therapist's office and she's like, oh, she's just delightful. Oh, she's just lovely. Oh, isn't she the best little girl ever? Oh, but you, on the other hand, have been <laughs> <Evil>. thoroughly, thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly abusive mama. <laughs> um, just, like, starts, like, accusing Kate of being a horrible mom and being a dick and, oh, she's such a poor child. And I uh, think it is the most stressful thing in a film where blame is put on someone who you as a viewer know is not yeah. to blame and nobody believes them. Yeah, and they're just like, they're therapists and the dad are like ganging up and I'd be like, yeah, you are a bit of a terrible mom and you're a mm. dick and you have had all these problems so it would make a lot of mm. sense. Um, she's just like, and meanwhile, like while they're talking, and she's talking about how lovely Esther is. She's in like a bathroom cubicle, screaming and like slamming around on the walls. <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, then uh, what happens? Um, oh yeah, she comes back from the uh, therapist, um, and the mum's quite annoyed. Um, and uh, meanwhile, the nun is found dead by the police. Um, and the police come out, and they're just like, and they're just like, oh, I don't know, weird. It's pretty weird. Anyway, bye. Yeah, she also um, came to see you, and then she died, did she? Oh well, anyway, nice chatting. No, my business. Bye then. <laughs> um, so, um, and um, yeah, so oh, and you get like a little flash of Esther's uh, beautiful UV art at this point. She's up in her room playing with the UV light, and you see some of the kind of like scary stuff she's mm. been drawing. Um, which you see a lot more of later. Um, <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> um, so as a, as a consequence of the nun, uh, being killed and various other things, mum starts getting suspicious mm. again. And she Googles children who kill. <laughs> <laughs> Before the investor came up with the first <laughs> Your search has brought back one result. <laughs> um, and um, it's basically like always a list of traits that Esther has. It's like, oh my god, look at this. Yeah, shows. she also looks at a page for borderline personality disorder, which mm. I think maybe is a little bit unfair yeah <laughs> I mean she doesn't that's not she just doesn't accuse her of that I suppose no. yeah, she does look at it which doesn't influence mm. um so um she then also calls the orphanage um the next day um to find out more about her and they have no record of her um and she's like what the next bit I've written is her going you don't know how long I've waited for a daddy like you but I can't remember what happens in between that and that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, it's yeah. That, well, anyway, there's some kind of disagreement with um, with the mum and the dad, and the dad, yeah, the dad's like, and the dad's talking to her separately. Was when she says, "You don't know how long I've waited for a dad like you," and then she he says, "You should get her. A, you should get her nice, some lovely yeah, like, like get, present yeah. um, to make it up to her <laughs> to show how much you love her." <laughs> yeah. And this is like one of my favorite worst bits, but, um, she, um, so actually earlier on is kind of missed a bit, but, um, when the child that she miscarried called Jessica, she planted these lovely roses in memory, um, with her ashes in the soil. Um, and it's like a sort of plaque that's like, oh, you live on through these flowers or something. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) she, she goes, mommy, I've got a gift for you. (laughs) She pulls out the the roses. All of them. (laughs) All of the roses. And she's like, oh my god! Like grabs her by the arm. It's like, um, and, uh, yeah, and then she she goes, yeah, she's like, the dad's like, stop it! Um, and they then go to bed. Um, but, uh, (laughs) unbeknownst to them, uh, Esther sneaks down to, uh, 
the shed where she seems oh, I don't know, it's like some garage or something where she gets all of her murder implements and does <laughs> just her murder office. <laughs> um, and she puts her arm in a vice with like a um, uh, kind of like a nap, not napkin, like a she wraps a, a screwdriver in a towel to bite one. Yeah, and she like uh, uses the vice to break her own arm. Uh, it's kind of gruesome. I literally hilarious. don't think Espas if you were like genuinely very mentally or maybe you could but I think your body wouldn't allow you to break your arm in a vice mm, yeah I mean it wouldn't be my first choice in, I mean, uh, no, I mean I, th- there's many things about Esther's journey that I probably wouldn't have followed <laughs> myself <laughs> um, so then um, so then like Esther's calling out in the night like I'm like daddy I'm in pain daddy <laughs> um, <laughs> and he comes he's like let me have a look she's like ouchie 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 and it's all like black and blue and he's like oh my god we need to take her to the hospital um, there's no scene at the hospital it just flashes back to her coming back and being in bed and like in, in the parents' bed, all tucked up oh, with yeah. your legs, smug, snug and buggy, snug, um, smug and, and buggy. <laughs> um, and the the dad's like, "You broke her arm," and she's like, "There's no way I didn't touch her that hard." She's like, "She wants to sleep up here, so you're sleeping downstairs." Mm. And I was like, mm, "I'm sleeping in the bed, you're sleeping in the bed." So then the mum like um, drives to the local liquor store, oh, um, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> two bottles of red wine it's like I'm having guests for dinner um, <laughs> so, like, uh, you must disclose the reason for your alcohol purchase yeah, so, yeah, just like, I'm just going to get fucked up babes um, <laughs> the liquor store person doesn't care but, um, but so she's, she takes herself for dinner uh, which has no food just wine um, in the house I think she's in the house yeah she's just downstairs yeah, yeah, yeah. asleep. and she pulls out a glass of red wine and stares at it for a while and then she pulls it away um, so, uh... At what point do we hear about the incident with, on the lake? It's only ever really hinted at, like, um, up until that point. There's a bit later on when the well, we'll get to that bit shortly, where she's, like, being forced to go to the hospital or whatever. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so then she's, next day she's taking, uh, the kids to school. Dropping the kids off at the pool. Uh, no, the school. Um, and um, and uh, and uh, Daniel's books all weirdly just fall out of his bag. Um, I don't know whether you're meant to think that was some kind of like. Oh, the, there's a big split at the bottom uh, of the bag, so right, she's obviously right, right. like done on purpose. I mean, it's quite an elaborate way to like anyway, whatever. Um, also, um, I think if my child's books all fell out of their bag, I'd just sit and shout through the car window. I wouldn't get out of the car. I'd be like, oh my god! So I'd just be like, oh, hey, Daniel. Yeah, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she rushes out like, oh my god! Um, picking up the books. Esther, meanwhile, <laughs> sneaks around, uh, pops it in neutral, and unlocks the, the parking lock. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the car starts driving backwards with Max in the back seat, like flying backwards down the road. And like a guy tries to run down, open the door, and he falls over. And then all these cars are swerving. And then like it just hits a big pile of snow. And then he's just like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, so then. Um, and at this point, she definitely knows that it was Esther, yeah. but. Uh, Max yeah Max is like still like sort of trapped in this lie because of the the, the nun murder and various other deeds um, and um, <laughs> my book <laughs> um, so uh, a memoir a memoir nun murder and other things <laughs> um, so yeah so then like 
they, Dr. Browning and the dad um, are having a serious chat with her and they're like, what the fuck happened? Um, and then the, <laughs> the girls found this and it's like a bottle of wine. It's like, the girls, or is it actually Esther? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was Esther! Um, and, um, and they're being like, really like the same kind of gaslighty, kind of awful nonsense, where she's like, no, it's her. And so just like, saying stuff like, stop lying to yourself, you be know, honest. It is gaslighting. It's like, uh, maybe the best way to make people familiar with gaslighting who don't understand it would be to make them watch any horror film. Yeah, <laughs> where, where, no, where nobody is not being believed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're like saying, like, stop lying to yourself, just be honest. Like, you know, you, you, I can't, I can't listen to why you're being so manipulative. Um, and, um, and so then, like, they, they're like talking about how they booked her into rehab. Um, and, um, yes, what happens next? Oh, right. So, I'm confused now. This is when the fire thing happens. Yes. So, um, the kids actually, the night before this conversation happened, the the kid, like, Daniel and, um, Max have a secret chat while Esther's in the bath, (laughs) which is singing around. Um, and, um, what's the thing? Um, about what's been going on. And, uh, Max shows all these kind of like hilarious murder drawings. Um, and, um, and. I haven't told anyone, but I have documented them all. Uh, in, in crayon. In my secret murder diary. Um, and it shows that the, the bag's hidden in the treehouse. Um, and he's like, oh my god, we need to go and get that bag. Um, and so, um, so she's actually at the door listening to that all. So while this conversation is going on about her going to rehab, um, Daniel's trying to go into the, the treehouse to find the, the murder weapon. The murder weapon. Um, <laughs> and they're being looked after by Barbara, the grandmother. Barbara, the grandma. Yes. Um, grandma um, Barbara. Yes. And, um, and yeah, so then, like, Esther comes into the treehouse and is like, what are you doing here? And, like, tells her, like, tells him, like, oh, well, you know, Max is going to go to the police as well. If you, like, you're, you're all in trouble. And so it's better if we burn the evidence. And has all the bloody acts and the thing, and then just sets on fire, and then starts just setting everything on fire. <laughs> and he's trapped in, and she, she, yeah, she locks the door and traps him in. He um, climbs out the window, uh, does a little shimmy across a little uh, pipe or raft. Not so cold. Yeah, whatever wooden thing. Um, and and then just falls, and there's a horrible crunch, um, and there he is. <clears throat> Um, so then while they're having this chat about her going to rehab, she, they all like see the fire and they run out and, um, and she finds him and it's just like, it's like, and he's like, you okay? Can you hear me? And he's like, me. um, and then, um, so yeah, so then, um, yeah, then what happens? He goes to hospital. Um, there's a bit that's fitting in here, which I can't see how, which um, but so basically, there's a bit where she she she's she's found the book, um, and it's from the San Institute, um, like somewhere in the middle of all of this happening. But I don't know where it would have fit um, because it's before the hospital. Um, but maybe it's before the I don't know. Anyway, there's also another bit which which is that where all of a sudden she could play the piano. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, which I guess isn't crucial to the plot, but, yeah. um, the, uh, 
Yeah, so anyway, she she looks again in the Bible thing yeah, and, and finds lots stamp. of pictures. Yeah, lots of pictures of guys. And in the front it has a like San Institute uh, thing. For, and um, she calls them. And um, the guy who... Are, well, speaks to a woman who can't speak English. And then she gets passed on to uh, a guy who can. I just don't know how this fits in. But anyway, we're just going to carry on. Um, and, um, and he's like... Oh no, the, she's like, a child just was there. And he's like, no, 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 absolutely not. She's like, how do you know? I haven't said the name. It's like, because no children go here. <gasps> um, and he doesn't then, say that. What does he say? He says, uh, we don't have any children because we're a mental asylum. Yeah. Or a mental institute. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it, it wouldn't, it's not really even a hint to the twist about her age at that point. But, because he, he, oh, he says we're not an orphanage. Yeah, but then... We're a mental um, institution. But then, like, why does she then email over the photo? Because she's just... he's just. Oh, like, yeah, no, she's because she's a... like... She thinks, oh, maybe it was the mother or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody was there. Um, anyway, so um, a flashback somehow uh, to... <laughs> um, Daniel, in the hospital. In the hospital. <laughs> um, and so... Um, so Daniel's in intensive care, and they say that he's like uh, got abdominal bleeding um, and neck, neck injuries, um, but he's gonna be okay. Um, and um, and then this is like Esther's like sat there, just like looking all like, like yeah. The mom's like, when he wakes up, he'll be able to tell what happens, <laughs> won't you? It's like, and Esther's like, eep. Uh, <laughs> the mom's like. Um, and um, so then they go off. Um, where are the mom and dad actually? But anyway, um, and um, I... Esther and Max are um, maybe they're just arguing. I think they are arguing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because she she says I will leave, but Esther has to oh, leave as well yeah, because I'm yeah, not leaving yeah. her with Max. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and so um, so yeah, then Esther at this point to so the ground is like. Can I have a dollar for the soda machine? Well, not in that voice. Um, just, just a just Russian different normal voice. Uh, normal <laughs> voice. Um, and uh, she's like, no, your mum said you have to stay there. And um, she's like, I don't, she doesn't mind though. She's like, yeah, go on then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, here you go. Um, <laughs> um, and this is really funny. This is like an iconic scene. She's like walking down the corridor, smiling at all the adults. And when they're all clear, her like, face just drops. Like, there's got a murderous seriousness. Um, and um, she goes into Daniel Wynn's uh, smothers him with a pillow. Um, well, she actually like takes the, the, the cool bit. She takes off the kind of like heart monitor on his finger and wears it herself while she smells oh, so much yeah. something. Quite a, quite a top tip there if anyone wants to murder someone else, I think. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, so then... Um, but then Max is sort of caught with the fact that something terrible might happen. Um, but she doesn't actually help in the end because, it, like... Esther ends up having to swap back the finger thing so that she can get back to the grandpa um, with the soda. And um, and the crash team all like bust in and like, just like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, but he does actually end up surviving. They get him back. Um, but like I said, did I say in the original he actually dies, which is quite bleak. Um, yeah, what, he dies no, the, from the fall or at that point? At that point, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, so anyway... Um, so, what happens? Oh, yeah, so then, um, <laughs> she, like, she's like coming out of the soda, and the mum comes back and like slaps her right across the oh, face yeah. and just goes, What did you do, you bitch? <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh, my And then God. she's all of a sudden, I don't think this would happen in a normal hospital, all of a sudden she's besieged by two orderlies who restrain her, and then another person just comes and injects her out of the blue. Yeah, I was um, thinking, I mean, that must. No, I don't know. 
Who knows? Well, ask right. someone who works in a hospital. You don't just have someone walking around carrying... Incentives. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, like in an institution, you can imagine that. That happens quite a lot in the trope of institutions. Yeah, but not, not more right. like... Hospital. Yeah. yeah. someone's had a fall. Yeah. <laughs> Sedate his mother. <laughs> she's <laughs> upset. Shut her up. <laughs> um, so she's now. I don't know where she is. She's like someone. She's in a hospital. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Um, the dad goes home and gets really drunk. Um, and like, it's kind of funny the way they play his drunkness. So like. They do it like he's on drugs or something. See, I, I wondered if I'd missed something and he'd been spiked. No. Because his, his vision goes really blurry. Yeah, I think it's meant to sort of allude to the fact that it's kind of like he's a little bit out of control or something, just to kind of take the edge off what's happening. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so, um, <laughs> um, so the dad gets home, he drinks so his nose of wine, which, yeah, you see him like slugging it back. Um, I was wondering whether it's the wine actually that they discover. But I don't know. Um, so meanwhile, Esther has a personal design challenge uh, up in her bedroom. At the same time, the Kate is waking up to a phone call in the uh, hospital bed, yes. and then the the this the phone conversation plays kind of at the same time as. Uh, reveal you've cut in too soon but yes that does happen um because you don't know what's happening at that point it's like because it's like you don't oh that's just her dressing up yeah 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 so she's just like she's like cutting up this dress and ripping it and making it really short and sexy um and she comes down and the dad's asleep from being drunk and she's got a little charcuterie board of cheeses and strawberries <laughs> and um and she's done little like flicky eye makeup and red lips and slicked her hair back and she's got this little slinky black dress on. Um and she's just like, Oh daddy, I love you. Oh, um and um so you don't like obviously like, it kind of is insinuated up to that point that she's kind of, like, into him, but you don't really realise it's, like, in a sexual way. And at this point, obviously, we still think she's a child, so it's, like, really, like, ooh! Um, but they do intersplice her conversation with this scene at this point to take the edge off, I guess, because it's, like... So, yeah, so, um... So... Yeah, what's with Kate gets a call back from the Sarn Institute, and they've seen the photo, and they're, like... Oh my god. That's... But the interspicing, you were right, doesn't come at this point. It comes after the dad has rejected her. Oh. And said, what are you doing? And yes, she goes yes, up to, yes, up to yes, bed. Yes. Anyway, so then he's, she's like, let me take care of you. I really care about you, John. A great father and a handsome man. <laughs> um, and then it like, you see her like, it, it's very split second, but it's like, you can see her hands on his peepee. Mm. Um, and he's like, get off your confused. This is terrible. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's very weird. It's like, because like, he's like in the middle of it as well. He has a little breakdown and cries about how everything's a mess and stuff. And it's just like, it's a, it's a really a disturbing scene. <laughs> and at least they didn't go with a longer version. I know. <laughs> um, uh, like a more sexual version. Like how? Um, like, I dread to think. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, he's like, I'm getting rid of you. I've had enough of you. You're gross. Um, and she goes into her room and like smashes everything. Um, and yes, so at this point, um, finally, <laughs> she gets the phone call from the Sarn Institute, um, saying that actually that's not a little girl at all. 
Um, she's got a hormonal issue. It has she? He gives it a name. I don't know if it's actually a real one or not. Um, and uh, says so she's actually a dwarf. Um, who's pretending to be a little girl like her whole life, and she's very violent. She's thirty, and she's actually thirty-three. Um, and, uh, says, where's, where is she? Like, where is, uh, and she's like, I think she's with my husband. And she's like, he's like, call the police now. Um, so, um, so yeah, so then, like, um, she's special. Well, yeah, what happens to the dad at this point? So he, like, he goes into the bedroom. Well, yeah, but where's she gone after she smashes up the bedroom? <clears throat> she just goes somewhere else. She goes to hide the pants on him, I think. Um, uh, yeah. And he goes in and and the switches yeah. on the black light thing and sees all of her paintings with the extra bits that we hadn't oh seen God. previously. Which is so iconic. It's like this kind of like she sees he sees all the kind of disturbing imagery that she's like all over and stuff. But then he like sees some hidden uh, d- delicious art underneath the, the actual art and. Um, it's this kind of like really cheesy kind of erotic art mm. of like them making love essentially, like kissing in a tender embrace. And it's like really a fan art, like yeah, cheesy kind of like. Mm. So the more I think about this, the original backstory about the, where it turns out that she's just got daddy issues, yeah. like it's really gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. So yeah, so then he, she uh, smashed all the electrics. Um, and the dad's like wandering around trying to find her. Um, and, uh, she finds him, stabs him in the back, and then gets on top of him, stabs him like a trillion times, basically. Um, the mom's trying to call the whole time, it's like, pick up, pick up, pick up. And then eventually calls the police in an annoying turn of events. And um, we, so we find out that the, um, that she's 33, and the reason that she's wearing the ribbon around her, neck and oh, her wrist yeah, is yeah, because yeah. she was in a straight jacket for most of her time there because she was so violent. Oh, and actually I've missed out the whole incredible scene of her like taking off all the makeup mm. and removing her fake teeth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so then you see that it's like she's taking out these teeth she's got this horrible little stubby like black mm. teeth. And, like... You know who, this sounds very, very mean because the, <laughs> because the person is, well, you don't even know what you're going to say. I know, but just the idea of you comparing the, someone the, to the, her the, as an old hag. The person that she reminds me of is a very beautiful woman, but she does, when she's taken all the makeup off, she does look like Stacy off EastEnders. Do you know Stacy off EastEnders? No. I'll show you a picture. Okay. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she takes all of that, and then the reveal, like, is that she's got these kind of scars around her, uh, her wrists and her neck, and it's from, like, because she was so violent, she had to be restrained, and it kind of, like, cut into her so much. And, um, yeah, she's just, like, she takes off all the makeup, and she just suddenly looks, like, really old in this kind of incredible way. Um, so, and her teeth are gross, and she's just generally a minger. Um, and, um, she's 33. Ugh, <laughs> Ugh, imagine so being so old. old. <laughs> 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 That's funny as you think about it. I think she probably wouldn't be that hideous. Anyway. <laughs> well, if, if you had avoided going to the dentist your entire life because they would have known that you had adult teeth, yeah. then you'd probably look a bit rough. And if you're wearing makeup every day, yeah. and if you were being restrained every day, maybe you would look a little bit rough. <laughs> a little bit of a tough life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you, so sympathetic all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so, so anyway. Just, as someone who's 34, I'm just trying to distance myself. <laughs> I haven't been through such trauma. <laughs> but I know. All <laughs> <laughs> your teeth fall out when you find out. Um, so, uh, so yes, um, 
Anyway, Esther is now ghoulishly all here on stopping people. Um, and, um, the mum is driving back as called the police and, uh, hysterically drives right into the house, literally. Um, and, um, <laughs> which I, to be honest, uh, any excuse to demolish that fucking eyesore. <laughs> I'd have done the same. <laughs> Whoopsie, I was in such a rush. <laughs> um, the mum finds uh, the dad dead. Um, oh, and before that, actually, Max um, found, sees the dad dead and hides in the cupboard. Um, but anyway, so the mum uh, is now running around, um, and uh, Esther has the gun that she found in her murder closet. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and yeah, this is the point where the mum runs through the bedroom and finds it all like with candlelight and a oh, rose yeah. on the bed. And it's like, <laughs> such, such Stop it! Um, and uh, she, there, so then Esther like thinks she's in there. She sees like a trail of blood or something, and she like busts around the door like a cop. And she's like, "Ah, oh, she's not there." Um, but she's actually climbed out the window and it's like hanging outside. Um, and, uh, this point, Max just suddenly gets out of her basket for no reason, um, wanders downstairs, goes into the, um, the garden house, garden house, greenhouse, <laughs> the garden glossary. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, so then what happens? Yeah. The, she tries to hide. She actually, oh, she, oh, Esther has stolen her hearing aid, so she doesn't notice she's knocked over a giant plant pot, and it's made a huge Aww. smash sound. Um, and so then Esther hears it, runs down to the greenhouse to try and find it. The mom sees through the glass of the ceiling, it's like, uh, signs to Max to like hide, um, cause Esther's in there. And, um, eventually, oh yeah, she starts shooting around trying to kill Max. And, um, and the mum just jumps through the glass of the ceiling and it's like, falls on top of Esther. Um, and it's like, it looks like a lot of glass goes in her face and she's like, oh, um, and she gets squished. Um, which I don't, at this, if I'd been the mum at this point and I, I, cause she picks the gun up from her, I think I would have just shot her in the head just to make sure that she wasn't alive. Well, I probably wouldn't in the mother's, uh, position because they already think that the mother is oh, insane anyway. Yes. <clears throat> and if, that there's no other witness. Well, the to way that she dies is still the same, I guess, if you think of it that way. But anyway, mm. um, the so then they um, run off and the police arrive. Yeah, um, and as they see the police arriving, um, Esther, like the police are in the house and they see the spot where Esther was and she's not there anymore. And then you see Easter, 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 um, <laughs> Easter, where have you gone? Here comes Easter. <laughs> um, Easter eggs. Um, and, um, <laughs> and she runs through the forest like, um, has she got any kind of weapon at this point? I don't know. Or maybe a knife. She's got a knife and a gun. Knife and a gun. No, the mum has the gun. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but anyway, she wrestles well, her to the no, ground. No, she's, she's got the knife. Um, and, um, and she stabs the mum. Uh, they roll around and they roll onto the ice, uh, where Max nearly died, um, which was inferred to, but never really. I think it was Daniel about. that nearly died there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, one of the childlings. <laughs> um, and, um, so they're wrestling around on the ice. Max is, gets the gun, uh, little baby Max, um, and tries to shoot and misses, thankfully, because it could have been the mum, but it hits the ice. At this point, the ice then breaks and, uh, Esther and the mum, like, go into the icy depths. Mm. And they're struggling around, and the mum's all trapped under the ice, like banging like the, the trope of all mm. scary, horrible trapped under ice moments in films. <laughs> um, and um, 
And then they're just like wrestling around the water. She looks like she knocks Esther out. And then like Klein starts climbing out of the water. Esther is not knocked out though. No. And she comes back with vengeance and starts pulling her back into the water. Um, at which point, oh yeah. So then she's like, there's just a weird break where she just turns around. And she's like, don't kill she's me. She's like, mommy, don't let me die, die mommy. mommy. And then she's like, I'm not your mummy. And like kicks I'm her. I'm not the- your fucking mother, oh, she yeah. says. <laughs> and um and like kicks her in the face. Um Which is a reference to Ring 2. It's weird because um, I've, I've read that and I don't really understand how it can be like why it would be. Or whether it's just a rip-off. I don't know whether they're... I think it's like a nod to uh, rather than anything yeah, else. It's just sort of um, weird. Because like, it's a really too. iconic line in that film. Yeah. Um But yeah, anyway. Um and it kicks her in the face and she then sinks to the bottom of the water. Um and then they run off and the police find them. And then the end. Mm. So there we are. Bye bye Esther. Bye bye Esther. You creepy little dick. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. <laughs> So, let's talk a little bit about a rapper than Um, what are we thinking about the women? Like, um, I think I think there's a, enough of a range of different kinds of women for it to be fine. Like, um, the the nun is a good character. Yes. The mother is ultimately a good character. Yes. Um, the I think there's enough like nuance because the uh, the therapist is like a bit of a troll. Yeah, <laughs> like she, she sides with the dad. She doesn't believe the woman. She, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the most interesting theme around women is, which I think is probably the biggest theme of the film, which is about motherhood. And I was thinking about how, aside from like most films being centered around a woman who isn't believed about something, mm. so many horror films are are based around motherhood. Yeah. Thinking off the top of my head, yes. uh, Psycho, Orphanage, um, The Babadook, Rosemary's Baby, Insidious, The Exorcist, Ringu, they're all about... A mother's mother, a, a mother. Yeah, no, I know the mother. Um, like the the idea of um, a woman having difficulty navigating motherhood or grieving the loss of someone as a mother, and like I think the maybe if you think of it that theme within the genre, then it's a bit more problematic than it is just in this film as an isolated thing, because it's almost as if like in like motherhood is so intrinsically linked to womanhood um, that the idea that someone who is considered a bad mother or failing at motherhood in some way is like the ultimate horror. Yeah. Um, And that like we see films and portrayals of men being dreadful parents all the time. And it's kind of not a big deal. It's not a f- central part of it. Mm. Um, the, like, in this one, she's, uh, she's, it's insinuated and stated many times that she's unfit to be a mother because she's an alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, because she's had lapses in judgment in the past. Um, and then she literally wasn't able to bear a child, which is, I guess, could be seen as some sort of failure in itself. Yeah. Um, and the um 
yeah, so I think the two strands of it are that you're that there's inherent horror in you being a bad mother. Even yeah. like uh what's it called? Uh blah, 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 Carrie. Um <clears throat> a lot of her problems come from the fact that she was raised by an unfit single mother. Yeah. Um and then uh, the other thing is not being able to bond or communicate with your child properly. Um, yeah, and, and like guess... not knowing what they're thinking or them having a closer bond with the father. Yeah, and it's interesting, obviously, that she miscarried and she was so devastated and she says that she needs somewhere else to put that love. Like, it's kind of like, it sort of implies that, yeah, I don't know, like, she's defined by her motherhood and when it's taken away from her, she needs something else to replace mm. the missing part of being a mother, even though she has other children. Yeah. Mm. Which is interesting because she actually has a really, really good relationship with the other kids, the other kids especially Max. Yeah. Um, Not Daniel, he seems like a bit of a dick, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just sorry, trying to think through. It's obviously what Esther's trying to do is replace her as the matriarch of the family. Um, yeah, this is a lot about being a sort of mother and being a wife, I guess. Um, Hereditary is another example. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Um, so, uh, people of colour, um, uh, Sister Abigail. Sister Abigail, uh, who's a great character. She is. Um, she is, uh, like, she is... Because I, I, I'd like to know more about why she's crossing her fingers. What? Because it's unclear really what she knows at the beginning. I'm not sure she does know anything apart from like I think it's more like I'm pleased she's away. I hope this goes well because she's a bit of a weirdo. Um, but at that yeah. point, I'm not sure she's put any of her knowledge together to realise that she might be dangerous or. Yeah, because I mean, we don't know whether that bit about um, the original child they were going to adopt who ends up dead, um, whether that was actually sort of actually in the script that so she would have been more aware of her maybe her being a bit evil. Um, but yeah, um, it's hard to know with a fictional character what they know and they don't know, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Um, but, he, but as soon as she does know things and start to put things together, she communicates that with the mother mm. and she tries to remedy it in some way. And yeah. then her like dying moment is when she goes to check on the well-being of another child yeah um so yeah i think she's like a really great character yeah i I worry about because her death i would say is like the most brutal and gruesome and Mm. long-winded and like like violent like it's sort of maybe a little bit problematic that it's the person of color that gets the most gruesome death i don't know though i i'm I'm not sure it is in that sense because I think I think the, I mean I, th- I do think there's kind of an element of comedy in her death because there's something quite camp about yeah. a nun being beaten with a hammer and then dragged through the snow <laughs> I don't know like it's just it, it's a it's a silly death yeah um, I mean the thing is it's like there is like, I think the nunness of... being beaten with a hammer is more shocking than the fact that she's a black woman because I think it's yeah, kind of true, it's yeah. kind of by the by like that character could have been a white woman yeah yeah um, her blackness wasn't integral to the role. Um, yeah. But apparently, I think this role was written with that actress in mind. It was, yes. Um, I don't know the actress, but... Um, yeah, I know, I've seen her other things, but um, yeah, she's iconic. Uh, she was great. Um, there were also... Uh, one of uh, Daniel's friends was a black kid. Yes. And there might have been some other uh, kids of colour at the... The, the, orphanage. the orphanage. I can't I remember. remember. Specifically. Yeah. I don't know. Um, disability... 
I have two thoughts oh. about the represent. Because until I heard you recap the film there, yeah. I was thinking that it was, that was a really great portrayal for disability, but I've kind of changed my mind now. Oh. So I think in terms of the character of Max, yeah. it's brilliant representation, not only because uh, she's also being played by a deaf actress, yes. and uh, just some intel from our fact-checking team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was uh, eight when she filmed that. She's oh, 19 wow. now. She's been in one film since, which was one of the Resident Evils. Retribution, I think, mm-hmm. and then uh, since then she like uh, she's she was at the uh, like the Paralympics one year, like welcoming people with using sign language and stuff. Oh. Um, uh, but she so and I and also she's such a good actress, um, and it's really great because all of her family communicate with her very easily with sign language. Uh, Daniel doesn't know sign language, but she can lip read, so she can still communicate with everyone. Um, the it, her disability is never seen as a disability. No. Um, if anything, she there's an emphasis on her kind of like what she has in addition, which is she, she she's like she can like lip read from a distance. She's kind yeah. of she, her she furthers the plot by being having more ability. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that others do. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's great. But I wonder if the reason that, she, that that maybe this is just me being super cynical. The reason that they decided to include a really well-rounded, brilliantly represented uh, person with a disability who was also played by a disabled person is because, ultimately, uh, Esther is a dwarf, who, um, which I hadn't really occurred to until you were saying that it was like... Because I think he says that it's like a hormone hormonal deficiency related to dwarfism. Yes. Um, which kind of suggests that not only is that just like something that she lives with, but that's also kind of the, the reason why she is doing what she's doing and also the reason why she's able to get away with it because of how she appears. So I think in uh, it's a bit of a balancing act. The re- yeah, representation, <laughs> um, that was terrible, but... Yeah. So, uh, so, so, they, so my cynical side says that they, the, the reason they made Max's character death was to be like, but look at what a lovely positive portrayal of a deaf person we've done, and she's ultimately a hero, and blah blah blah. But they've had to do that because they've uh, they've represented it didn't someone occur so badly. To me, but I mean, like, I thought it was something to do with the fact that because obviously Esther's really cruel to the mom at one point when she's playing piano, and it's just like, oh, what, you know, it must be really horrible for you having a son who has no interest in music and a daughter who can't even hear it. Mm. I thought it was a setup for that that as a thing, but that. Yeah, I guess we don't know the intention. Um, either way, like, um, Esther being a, a, someone who has a disability, um, who's for ill intent, um, mm. is terrible. Uh, it doesn't yeah. necessarily need to, like, counterbalance the, the death portrayal, but yeah. you might be right. And if that's like a sort of way of doing yeah. that. Because ultimately, they still could have told this story without giving her a disability, and said, she might look young, but she's actually 33. Yeah. <laughs> because we see it revealed that she does look older. Yeah, um, she's very short. Yeah. And, like, there are very short women who aren't... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ...who aren't disabled or dwarfs or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Also, um, is, 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 is dwarfs the correct term? Dwarf is it, like, prison. short people? I'm not it's sure if it's not, quite a dated term. Yeah, though. yeah, I think you're right. Um, um, I don't think that people with dwarfism use the term dwarf. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. 
Actually, I think some do. It's, 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 I know that there's a lot of conversation about it. Yeah, it's quite So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, really. Yeah. Well, I think it's still, you know, you can't take away the celebrating like a deaf uh, child actress uh, performing mm. really well and doing a brilliant yeah, job. Yeah. Um, like in a role that was deaf, that's thing that's, that's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are to look at it that way, that it's tarnished a bit, but it's not really, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard mm-hmm. to say now. Um, yeah, well, sorry for ruining that. Sorry for ruining everything. <laughs> um, did... there was no queer representation. No. <laughs> um, I can't even no. offer a queer reading of this. No. <laughs> Um, so should we just head on straight to those awardees? Yes. Awardee, awardee, awardees. Awardees. I don't know if the listeners have noticed that we don't ever prepare for that. That's just completely <laughs> ad lib. I, I quite, prepare. <laughs> it's quite, quite genius. How dare you agree? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well so, uh, so to start off our, our category, who's uh, your fave? My favourite character was the pigeon that was hit with a paintball. Oh, and then squished. And then squished. Mm. Um, who's yours? Uh, my favourite was uh, the little snow orphan outside the orphanage. The, the dad, uh, the nickname's the Snorfin. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Um, what was your spookiest moment? I think it was. I mean, it's campy and silly, but I think the reveal is quite chilling. Where yeah. she's, uh, where she takes the the ribbon off and she takes the, her teeth out and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's chilling. Yeah, that's that's the same for me. Like, I think, yeah, if you didn't know that it was going to happen, I think the first time I watched that, it was like amazing. Mm. I was like, oh my god. Because um, you just think she's like an evil child, but then the backstory is extra twisty yeah. and amazing. Um, what was your most hilarious just moment? So I had two bits that I thought were funny. I think it's generally quite a funny film because it's yeah. quite campy. Um, but I think uh, I really liked it when Esther came down in the dress and uh, the uh, Daniel was like, what is she wearing? And Max just does this funny little smirk. <laughs> um, but I also liked it when they were sat around the table and... Uh, Daniel said, send her back to Transylvania or wherever she's from in Russia. And, um, and she's like, actually, Transylvania is a place in Romania. I'm from Russia. And, uh, and Daniel's like, why is she such a freak? Um, mine is just Esther's kind of like general kind of hilarious evilness. Like her just like the cutting looks and just kind of like, yeah, just being just generally. It's almost cartoony, isn't it? Yeah, just like the way that she gets away with saying horrible things and doing horrible things without people catching her. It's just like iconic. Um, what was your best death? I said, now I feel bad after what we just said, but I think the nun's death was the best. I mean, it is, um, it, but it is so gruesome, I think. Mm. It's just like, it's really prolonged in a funny and way. And especially, it's, it's, it's really calculated as well. Like, yeah. it's a very planned yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, and the fact that it's two little girls, seemingly, that are yeah. doing it when you watch it up. First time. I put I put that as well, because I think it is just like an iconic... I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, what was your worst death? I said the dad. Um, that was yeah, just lots of stabs. It was a bit lackluster. I, I like, think, I like that really... cut version where she jumps out of the stuffed toys and stabs oh, yeah. him. And, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did the... Because uh, there was only one other death, really, which was Esther's. 
Yeah. And like, although and, and, was, and the Pidgey. And the Pidgey. Yeah. Um, and although she was essentially just kicked in the head and drowned, it, I really like the, uh, I'm not your fucking mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Would have been funny if it was like, uh, if that one of EastEnders popped up and was like, you ain't my mother. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and then she kicked her. <laughs> Um, so, uh, queerest moment. I struggled to find a queerest moment in this. Uh, mine was, uh, just like, uh, the workroom challenge for, um, <laughs> for, quick drag. Yeah, quick drag. <laughs> uh, rest of just sort of slopping on and like ripping out that gown and putting on our best makeup and, mm. and doing the little charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah, um, that was, was pretty camp. Like, yeah, um, and then like obviously going back to the workroom and taking all that makeup off at yeah. the end of the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> For a, a haunting reveal. <laughs> and sexiest? So I thought the, uh, when she rings up the San Institute, uh. um, and, uh, the woman passes her over to an English speaking Estonian guy. He was handsome. He had like a nice little beard, like nice yeah. sort of like feminine hair. I forgot about him. He was a little cutie, a little eye candy. Yeah. Um, I actually did fancy the dad. I thought he was quite hot. Uh, yeah. He's a bit too mannish for me. Mannish. Um, but very softly spoken. Yeah, we had a little cute way of speaking sometimes. So it was just like, you speaking way too Oh, sexy. Um, it was just like, yeah, yeah. It was just like, um, so yeah. Um, well done to all of our award winners. Yes, absolutely. And so, uh, Pumkeys, what are we thinking? Huh. Oh, Pumkey, Pumkey. I'm, I think my main takeaway from it is I do think it's too long. And I, I don't think it's like a wasted second. I don't, like, it is action throughout, really, and a story throughout. So it's, it's not that it's a slow film, but I just, I like a tighter film. Um, so I think I will give it Three and a half pumpkins. Correct. Um, <laughs> I think it's it, it's a fun romp. Yeah, that could have been done with being about half an hour, twenty minutes, half an hour shorter. Yeah. Um, I have such a like thing for evil little girls. Like it's like literally <laughs> my favorite thing ever, and I just get so much joy from this film. It like I just like feel like I'm smiling and laughing all the way through. Like it's sort of, Do like, you think comedy. she's like? Because I, 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 I get it, but <laughs> I don't think she's as likable as a lot of like little evil girls. Like, well, like the girl from the Bad Seed oh, yeah. is still really she's like hilarious. you kind of really love her. Yeah, and I just I, I don't know. You I don't... I just love the way that she's evil and so sneaky and just has, like always like I don't know, just like a little bitch. Um, it's just like all my favorite things. Like I don't feel the same way about evil boys. I can go fuck themselves. Um, but evil little girls in horror films is like literally my favorite. But she's not a good little girl, though. Is she? I know. <laughs> she's um, an evil young woman. <laughs> well, I was thinking that about the kind of like the whole like complaint from the adoption agencies, like about like uh, little Russian children being violent. It's like, well, it's not a child; it's a little woman. Uh, I, 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 mean, know, I know. I know. <laughs> I think, well, yeah. you can't call me up on it and then renege. Can you? Um, <laughs> I think it's a reasonable complaint about the film from that perspective. Uh, well, then you can't call me a Renegi Peggy. Renegi How many pumpkins are you? Yeah, well, I was getting there well. before you just slagged me off for saying she was a little girl. God. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's iconic. Um, she's not the best little evil girl as discussed, because the best little evil girl is the bad seed. Um, but 
Um, I I think I would give it three point five, but I, I am like taking points away for the fact that it is really problematic. <laughs> mm. Um, and I, I do completely see why it would like put people off adoption and like yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's just like, especially like for foreign children with mysterious. I, backgrounds. I think I think the the main problem with that is. There is a lot of stigma around adopted children. Yeah. Um, it's not just that it's just like, oh, now people are going to think they're all evil. It's just like, well, people already That's what think I mean. that like adopted children are like damaged. Yeah, and yeah exactly. And, and the, yeah, they're, they're, they're like irreparably like damaged mentally. And yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's, it's really problematic for that. And I wish there was a way of just erasing that and just being like enjoying it guilt free, but that you can't really. <laughs> you, you know what like... it reminds me of in that sense? Uh, although I think this is a much better film, which is Twisted Nerve. But mm. in Twisted Nerve, the whole thing, the connection to Down syndrome is absolutely unforgivable, even mm. for the time. I think it was like early seventies, maybe, but, um, but even so. It really takes the edge off what could be a perfect film and what could still work really well without that element. Yeah. Although I'm not sure this film could work without the adoption thing. No, because that's, that's, that's the whole yeah, point. that's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah, I don't think yeah, it's annoying that like it's that sort of yeah that you can't pull that out. But, yeah, it's just like but it, I do think it's iconic and I think it is quite overlooked actually. I think like a lot of people don't know it weirdly. Um, like I, because I was talking to talking about it follows, and like somebody was looking for horror recommendations the other day, and they're like, I knew that we were gonna do it follows and uh, bad, uh this bad, not bad seed, uh, orphan, and they were like, oh yeah, I've seen it follows. I haven't even heard of orphan. And I was like, oh okay, well, that's surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, especially because the poster is so iconic. Like I feel like yeah. the poster was everywhere. Did you know the poster is her face is completely symmetrical on it? Yeah, they've mirrored it to make yeah. it look extra speedy. It's almost like the girl off the PlayStation advert in yeah. the like, <laughs> early two thousands or late nineties. Um, I remember her. She was great. She was a cutie. <laughs> well, three out of five pumpkins. Yeah. Pr- pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well done, orphan, and all your problems. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for the Smoky Bear. <laughs> um, so I decided to uh, do sort of a, a tangential story. Tangential. A tangential story. Welcome to the stage. <laughs> Tangenitals. <laughs> um, ouchie. Um, uh, and rather than uh, looking up some sort of uh, horror story about adoption, which is kind of the main problem about this film, I thought I'd go instead about a, an urban legend uh, that was based around a child uh, from Russia. Urban legend. With, with right. love. Um, so uh, this has uh, been a very enduring uh, urban tale that's passed from generation to generation. Um and it's called The Red Piano. Oh my god, not The Red Piano. Yeah, so red. <laughs> so piano. Um, so uh, there was once a little girl. No. Oh, oh no, stop, I can't. <laughs> um, and she was very eager to learn the piano. Uh, and she was gifted one on her birthday from her parents. And it was red. It was the and red the piano. piano. <laughs> yes. Um, and she started practicing straight away. And she instantly became very good at it. Um, but after a few weeks, she started to complain that her fingers were hurting from it. 
and uh, she was she showed her fingers and they were kind of all bruised and a bit misshapen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the parents were just like, you know, you probably you'll get used to it. It's probably quite normal because you're practicing so much. Maybe don't play so much. Um, <laughs> <Play> so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that they'll get used to the pressure and, you know, they won't be painful forever. Um, and she listened to her parents and, and t- took note. Um, but she did keep playing. Um, but at the same time, she was starting to get like paler and thinner and looking a little unwell. Oh, um, no. Um, no. Um, and then a few weeks later, the, uh, the piano uh, had a fault and stopped working. Oh, no. Um, so they went to the, uh, the piano store where they purchased the piano. And they said, because it was a very specific, special piano, there was only one person, uh, local, who knew how to fix it. And it was an elderly woman. <gasps> a witch. <laughs> <laughs> So they called her, she came over to fix it, and she said that she didn't like uh, any distractions while she was uh, fixing the piano, so uh, she said she asked them just to leave her to it, Okay. and she shut herself in the room with it, uh, and then shortly after came out, the piano was all fixed, working fine. Uh, So that was that, the girl went back to playing, doing it beautifully, um, but continued to to lose weight, and the colour in her cheeks was completely drained. Um, and she was starting getting fatter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And she was starting to feel, uh, very weak. And then, uh, a few weeks where she could hardly walk across the room. Even. Even. Yeah. Um, but then after more vigorous playing, the piano broke again. And then the old lady came again. She, um, she asked if she could, uh, have the room to herself again because she didn't like distractions. And the parents were curious about why this was the case. Mm, and also, I would be. she was a very frail old woman and it was quite a hefty kind of piano. Mm. And they wondered how she was, uh, how she, she was going about uh, fixing it. So, uh, one of the parents looked through the keyhole <gasps> into the room and saw something that shocked them to the core. Oh no. Yes. So they watched and she unscrewed the lid of the piano and opened it. And from it, she retrieved a glass jar that was full of a dark red liquid. Huh? And she drank the entire jar oh, and placed it back in the piano and shut the piano, screwed the lid on, and it was done. Um, the parents had time to, while this was happening, to call for the police. Huh? Um, and they got there just in time to arrest the old woman. And it turned out... upon ex- piano juice. Piano juice. <laughs> it turned out, as they examined the piano... That the all of the keys had tiny little needles oh. built into them, um, so that they were completely invisible to the naked eye. Oh. Um, so that when you press the needle, it would stay up, oh. um, and it would prick the fingertips, and little tiny bits of blood would run through the keys oh. into this jar in the back. And then the piano was designed so that when the jar was full, the piano would break, break. so that she would come round to drink the blood. To drink off the blood. Yes, and then the piano would be back to normal. <gasps> so uh, my top tip is t- to be careful of piano needles. I think that's a fair and good <laughs> point, and it happens more than you think. Uh, almost daily. Um, there's been a, a huge viral outbreak of needleful uh, piano P- keys. Penal needle. <laughs> um, 
So I'm sorry if you are unable to sleep tonight. Oh, I am shaken to the core. And and to end, I thought I'd play a song on the piano. (laughs) (laughs) It's called uh, Ouchie, Ouchie. Uh, Ouchie, Ouchie, Skinny, Skinny. (laughs) It's called Pointy Chopsticks. (laughs) Ouchie. If you're enjoying Bloody Marys, please subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends.